here we go. Here we go. <laughs> oh, <Hooray>. shit. <laughs> Blue Thunder. Mm. Brilliant. Mm. Roy Scheider. Mm. Daniel Stern. Mm. Warren Oates' last movie. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I understand you didn't care for it. What? Should we do that thing where we introduce the show? Oh, right. Who are you? <laughs> oh, shit. What was the... Oh, welcome to HPV, where yeah. we watch bullshit. We watch bullshit, and uh, I'm Brad, and you are... Chris. Hello. Hi. So you didn't like Blue Thunder? <laughs> so, all right, we're just getting right into <laughs> That's it. That's right, dude. <laughs> Fucking... Oh, what man. else needs to be said right now? What a film. <laughs> well, you know. The unmitigated gall of this movie to do the things that it did. Why? What do you is mean? It's absolutely sir? insane. Did you know that this movie spawned a television series? I have never been more tickled to hear and in anything. In a television series? I like the... that you've kept this from me this entire time <laughs> to spring it on me on air. Yes. And the, in the television you series. Rat bastard. Jaffo. Jaffo was um Jaffo was played by Dana Carvey. Get all the way the fuck out of here. Yep. I remember distinctly watching the premiere episode. And oh, he's man. got the helmet on his head, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm Jaffo, just another frustrating observer." When we know in the rated R Blue Thunder movie, it's not frustrating; it's another F word. Oh, yes, frustrating. Dana Carvey. Frustrating would be the word that I would use to describe <laughs> Blue Thunder. Though. I'm Jaffo. <laughs> Dana Carvey, yo. Oh, great. <laughs> Well, his career was just starting then. And, and almost ending. <laughs> <laughs> it was a while before he made it on to uh, Saturday the, Night Live. The master of disguise, and then everything was all over. <laughs> all downhill. But, you know, he had a... had a, that, came, that empire came crumbling down. Did you know he was misdiagnosed with a heart condition and had surgery he didn't need and ended up having to sue the doctor and that derailed his career for about five years or so and then it was just... Oh, I'm sure it was that and not the fact that he hasn't written a new joke in 25 years. (laughs) Well, well, we don't need to sit here and talk about Dana Why are we talking about... Yes, so Blue Thunder with Roy Scheider, Daniel Stern. Man. (laughs) A brilliant movie. What the fuck? So Chris, what would you say Blue Thunder was about? Uh, sometimes terrorism has positive effects. I don't. I don't know, man. Yes. The. Um, All right. Do you want to know the real? Yes. The, lay it on my, me. My Chris. real thesis for this film. Please, please. All right. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Helicopters are bitching. Yeah. Fucking a. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. You know, it'd be really cool, man. What? A shootout, a helicopter shootout over LA. Get the <laughs> yes. Here's all of the money. Mm-hmm. With what money left? Who can we get? I don't know. Sixty-year-old Roy Scheider. You know what? And the best thing is, is that uh, we'll we'll just uh, get an Apache helicopter from the military and throw some armor and put a gun on it, and we'll call it this new hyped-up thing, Blue Thunder. Paint it all black so it looks badass, dude. We'll get the military involved so we don't have to pay half the budget. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) 
Brad, what do you like about this movie? <laughs> what do That's I like about it? That's well, a sincere question. Okay. I, I recognize that it is entertaining because it is absolutely out of its fucking mind. But you well, seem real jazzed about this, and I'm very curious. <laughs> I have a fondness for this movie because I haven't seen it in probably about, oh, 35 years or so. Uh, probably more than that, because way back when, in the good old days of uh, VHS tapes, my grandfather rented this from some store, and we watched it one night, and all I ever saw, aside from the the Encino scene, was... Uh, cool helicopters flying around and who knew that if you just pulled hard enough on that stick you could make it do a 360 in the air and circle around and shoot somebody out of the sky a bad british guy i like how you chose to leave out the encino scene <laughs> well uh I, I, so just i you know. never in my life <laughs> expected to turn on <laughs> what, what year is this 1983 I couldn't wait a when 19, I found out a, you hadn't seen it. A 1983 Roy Scheider helicopter movie. Yes. And within 10 minutes of the film beginning, you we are shown a clear shot of just a woman's vagina. Well, not just a clear shot. It is it's, shocking, Brad. It's, well, okay. All right. Here's the thing. It's not like they what went... What the hell is going on? I understand why you might be shocked. Because they didn't go to a strip club, granted, but this was perhaps a, a flaw in our hero's character that he would be aware that by taking a, a Los Angeles Police Department helicopter, an official helicopter, and flying it low in a residential area to spy on a woman who practices yoga in the nude was probably against regulations. He didn't, didn't think about it. Didn't care to think about it because he was out there with Jaffo, played by Daniel Stern, just another fucking observer, by the way. And Jaffo wanted to see the 1030 appointment at Encino. So, the, I mean, it, it was something that was commonly known. And he did get reprimanded for it. I will remind you, Chris, that regulations were upheld carried out and they were grounded for their devious mischievous for about 20 minutes <laughs> they were still grounded which is the significant thing is that there were repercussions for their perversions so they're they're heroes but they're flawed flawed heroes yes but their appreciation is perhaps a little too much heterosexual energy on the job this is after they chase down an African-American man who has robbed a liquor store wearing an orange shirt and a cowboy hat. <laughs> the circus, circus Liquor Store, I might add, which still exists in Burbank, which is awesome to see in the movies. God bless them. Circus Liquor. Shout out. Man. <laughs> anyway, I don't, I don't so, know where to start because <laughs> so I kind of blew past the implied racism of the scene that you're talking about. But you have to remember that um, the first instance of racism in this film. Yes. Well, this film. This also, wasn't a one-off. This film also talks about the uh, urban civil liber urban civil liberties union that the lady who was murdered was putting together sure and uh talks about 
these problems with LAPD and we see examples of the problems with LAPD and all of this. So really it's just more of a depiction of slice of life of the time period. So, um, you know, it's interesting to note as a historical record is what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, n nobody listening can see that shit-eating grin on your face. But man, I you don't are know what you fucking mean. goddamn Cheshire cat over there. <laughs> I don't know what you mean, sir. All right. It's a fine movie. I don't see what you have wrong with it other than a few questionable it is, scenes. It is out of its mind. All right. So <laughs> So take after, us through what happens. We we meet uh Roy Scheider who's yes. meditating with a Casio watch. Yes. And for and, reasons that are never really explained, like there's one line about it. Well, it didn't make any sense. He's worried about whether or not he's going insane. So he uses the watch to time out roughly 25 seconds. And in his mind, if it only feels like five seconds, then he knows he's a nut job. But if it feels like the 25 seconds that it should, then he's still sane and, and ready to get behind that wheel and fly that helicopter. With his what? brand new recruit, Lyman Good. <laughs> Played what, by Daniel Stern. What kind of a name is Lyman Good? Where does that come All from? All right, I want to talk about Daniel Stern for a minute. Yes, let's talk about Daniel he, Stern. He is a problem. <laughs> He's an eager beaver on the job. Uh, sure. Um, <laughs> man. Mm -hmm. He's a real sex predator. Yeah, he's he is, he is out of control. A legit full-on sexual predator because one of the first things they do when they go for the first Blue Thunder joyride is ride over this civilian woman who's a bit gifted, shall we say. Yeah, and, and she's a sex worker and she is negotiating with a potential client. Yes. And what do they do? They zoom right in on the on the right cleavage. On cleavage. <laughs> right on the cleavage. Yeah. And he is he actually paused <laughs> at the monitor. Oh I want, want, want. Now that's a troubled youth, I might say. Yeah. <laughs> Flawed heroes, Chris. He that's he does die in a pretty goddamn horrific way. Well, he gets um his hands zip tied behind his back. Now zip ties in the eighties, not very common interesting to note gets duct taped over the mouth somehow kung fu's his way away from these two guys after i still don't know where the broken. second guy went yeah after getting yeah gets his fingers broken yeah one dude just wanders off apparently <laughs> yeah uh-huh so he kung fu's his way out of there uh hits a guy on a bike right and then gets run down by a Chevy. <laughs> Hard. Hard. Dri driven by Skinny from Unforgiven. Yeah, exactly. Skinny gonna get you. Man, imagine that was about 10, 15 years. Unforgiven was about... That was... It was 92. 92, okay, so... About 10 years. Not quite 10 years. Yeah, I know exactly what year Unforgiven was made. Okay. Why? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a piece of trivia, I know. Excellent. Well, um, yeah, if I thought about it, I could have come up with the year, but we don't need to go into that trivia. So Let's get back to Blue Thunder. Frank's a problem as well. Well, it, both of them being in the air and together... Mm -hmm. is a real 
troublesome mixture. <laughs> well, you know, the thing is, is when I first saw this when, with my grandfather many, many years ago, um, none of these things actually occurred to me. <laughs> so watching them with you, it's like, okay, wait a minute. The man uh, is having Vietnam flashbacks. For no, okay. And then All he right. meets the captain, and the captain mentions, oh, the, the psych people want to do another evaluation not one yeah. another evaluation because we're told something about his little freak out about a month ago about a month ago yeah and we've just seen an example of it today <laughs> right so okay so there's that then uh he flies jaffo around to the encino appointment knowing that he shouldn't but he does it anyway because he's a bit of a perv we now know okay uh -huh. And then, um, while they should have been in the area that they were supposed to be in because the district attorney was being raped and assaulted, supposedly raped. Exactly. Exactly. Holy crap. I totally forgot that it was, uh, the crime took place on their patrol route and yes. because they weren't on their route, they no, totally... No, because they were leering at a woman through her window. Details, Chris. Details. And a woman from her apartment had to call the regular police and say, there is a police helicopter hovering in my neighborhood. <laughs> well, now, here's an interesting detail. Yes, it was a woman who noticed them that we saw on camera, but when the captain references the report he says a man says he was awoken from his sleep so a man actually called in which means it was multiple people or it was just 1983 and women have no agency in blue thunder <laughs> well you know they are pretty though come on oh, come okay. on man okay. their agency is to be naked and sell movie tickets so roy scheider steals a helicopter twice <laughs> <laughs> yeah he straight up steals it twice yeah and uh, and he uses it to spy on people having sex again. Well, well now before that, before that, it's let's the also sex worker. <laughs> let well let's also mention Roy's personal life because after he gets oh. grounded, oh man, after he gets grounded for leering at the Encino <laughs> appointment, see, and the LAPD held up regulations, stood by it, and grounded him. Can't believe you're defending. He the goes LAPD home. Right <laughs> Hush. He goes home. I'm trying to get across. You're a real piece of shit. That he, he listens to. His answering machine, and uh, his girlfriend has called him three times. Where are you? Call me back. Where are you? Call me back. It's really important. Call me. And then she shows up at his door. And he hates her. <laughs> with her kid who's asleep, and it's three in the morning. Yes. So, Roy almost shoots her. <laughs> yeah, right? he almost shoots her and her <laughs> child. And he chides, chides <laughs> her for scaring him when he's could have said oh my god i almost killed your kid i'm so sorry let me put down this gun no uh-uh he, he keeps it well in his hand easy and within just in case she decides to stab him over her child or something who knows who knows what he was thinking but clearly he wasn't happy at the moment no so basically his arc with her changes over the course of the scene. Less because than three minutes. Because immediately he hates her. Mm -hmm. Then she needs her blender and finds this ratty ass looking like... 
It was not ratty ass. It was a fine white linen fabric for dresses. Maybe it was a dress itself. Didn't quite see. It looked yeah, it maybe like, like a, yard a shawl. Of linen. It didn't look like anything. Yeah. Uh huh. Maybe it was you know uh, some sort of here. Um, sew yourself something nice. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you liked this pattern. Maybe you do something with it. So. So this somehow captivates him because she throws it over the both of them and gives him a big smooch. And instead of shoving her away, he just smooches her back. And you know, deep down, it's love, Chris. It's it's genuine love. And outside, she tells him, I got to get tough on you, Frank. We're going to have this relationship whether you like it or not. Are you ready for me? And he, like a man, says, yes, I am. <laughs> And then he later passes out next to her child oh, while yeah. having a fever dream. Yeah, and she's actually staring at him like, what are you doing in my boy's bedroom? Why are you, are you having nightmares? Should I, do you, should I call someone, you know? But before she ever says anything further, they cut away from that because, you know, Malcolm McDowell's being all right, that so, guy. All right, all right, so he gets grounded yeah. And then immediately they call him up because there's a secret military thing going on. He yeah. meets with a couple FBI agents and they go to a showcase, a military showcase. Yeah, and there's never really... This is fucking bananas. There's never really a proper explanation for why his name came up. Because, okay, yeah, granted he was a Vietnam pilot. Well, they... Was it something about they had to have the LAPD involved somehow if they were going to be flying over the skies of Los Angeles? Yes. So they needed you... one of their pilots involved. So they call up the most broken pilot that they have that they well, just suspended which for was... inappropriate behavior. Yes. Uh-huh. See, now... Those the were the prime things, candidate. Those were the things that got past me on my first viewing, you know. But as you so rightly pointed out, uh, the guy is recently suspended. Like <laughs> he is a danger. Not even twenty-four hours before suspended. <laughs> yes. Right. The next day, he's on some special task force. Not just him, but Jaffo. <laughs> yeah. His who had his dickhead first partner. Fl- yeah. Who had his very first flight. Up as uh, as but, one of those pilot observer guys, but Jaffo didn't get to go to the uh, showing. Only Roy Scheider did. Oh, that's true, that's true. But they both get assigned yeah. to the Blue Thunder later, which is like this guy only had one day in the air and was immediately grounded. So neither one of them should be on this project. But you know, here they are. Even Malcolm McDowell is like, how did this guy get selected? Well, all right, so. They set up like a target range, uh-huh. and yeah, the and demonstration, the, the exhibition. Yes, yeah. the uh, the red dummies or our terrorists, wooden cutouts or whatever, our terrorists. The white are civilians. Yeah, and they're like, and here comes fucking blue thunder uh-huh. right through the sun. Oh, the sweltering. Oh man, mm. that beauty shot of it's the, so good. Yeah, yeah, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. That shot alone probably sold more tickets, you know, across the board. Anyway. So, so Blue Thunder goes kind of nuts and fucks shit up. Now, okay, it is not Blue Thunder that goes mad. It is that dang Brit Malcolm McDowell, okay, the so evil bad guy 
who decides that shooting a school bus full of children just because there are a couple of terrorists in it, destroying the bus is the best option. That's the man you're dealing with, Chris. So he lands the helicopter and pops out, and that's when we realize that it is, in fact, Malcolm McDowell. (laughs) Yep. Uh huh. God bless him. Now I really and do respect the actor, but I'm gonna make fun of him as the evil bad guy in this movie. And apparently, he and Roy Scheider, Frank Murphy, they oh, know each other. They have a history. Oh, they have a history, boy. They kind of served together in Vietnam. It's hinted at. We don't know exactly why at this point in the movie. Malcolm McDowell tried to have him court-martialed once. That bastard. Oh uh, yeah, that's right. They do mention that. Yeah, I, I was thinking of the other big reveal. That happens, you know, in the final confrontation between these two deft airline helicopter pilots. Malcolm McDowell is nothing but cordial. (laughs) And Roy Scheider is just an insufferable dickhead. Yeah. And when Malcolm McDowell walks away, everybody's like, oh, man, that asshole. (laughs) Look at that. What did he call him? Look at that. um, Oh, man. I forget something about a cocksucker. Yeah, I wasn't going to bring it up, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll I'll cross that line. He says something about, um, you know, the British, whatever, and uh, calls him that that epithet. And and really, yeah, if you take a look at the dialogue, again, as you pointed out, he's not saying anything bad or wrong or anything. It's just Frank who's like, oh, hmm. And, you know, we as the audience automatically know to hate the British guy. Roy Scheider's got a lot of shitty one-liners in this movie. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They're like like half-zingers. We could have used this in Vietnam. We could have used something. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, after every one of his supposedly, like, smart quips, somebody should have just been like, I'm sorry, what the fuck did you just say? Yeah. What, uh... (laughs) Could you, you want to repeat that? Yeah. What What did you mean by that, Frank? What are you, What are you trying to say? What? Mm, yeah. But I mean, this is he's the hero, so, so we don't have to question. Well, we automatically know. Malcolm McDowell needs to test Frank's flying abilities, right? So mm-hmm. he loosens a nut on the rotor or something. Uh. Uh. Yeah. Something that's holding down the turbine. Because yeah, the turbine. Yeah, the turbine goes out during this uh, follow my leader um, test flight thing that they're doing with the Blue Thunder. Yep. So Malcolm McDowell's in the Blue Thunder driving it around, and um, uh, Roy and Jaffo are in um, just like a regular a regular bird. As they yeah, say. it looks more like a civilian helicopter than an LAPD helicopter. Yeah. So they're doing these fly-around loop-de-loop things, and then suddenly the turbine goes out. And yep. it's a big struggle. And Roy has to take it down hard. So he crashes a construction site <laughs> building and takes out the building in the helicopter. And it's an actual practical stunt. Somebody did that shit. It looks awesome, dude. Dude, the helicopter crash rules. Yeah. It's, uh-huh. it's really good. Yes, like, yes, yeah, it is. they did it. They fucking crashed a helicopter, and not for the last time. Yeah, and you, however, ask, you have problems with this movie. I how, don't however, understand. the response to the helicopter crash. Yeah, they're like, what the fuck are you doing, man? 
they are ripping these two men that just crashed from the heavens yeah. out of this helicopter, and they're about to beat the living Christ out of them. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't matter that it's LAPD. <laughs> Doesn't matter that the helicopter literally fell out of the sky, and you should be like, my God, you're actually walking away from this without a scratch? Who are you people? You know, are you sure you're okay? You want us to call an ambulance? You know, none of that. There's just straight in their faces. Do you know how much you cost me? That building is, you know, all this stuff. So, um, so no love for the LAPD in this movie. Not really. Only Roy Scheider and Jaffo. So then inexplicably, Mm -hmm. Roy Scheider and Jaffo are given free reign to just fly blue thunder all over town. Well, you know, it's an orientation to the helicopter because clearly the, it was some sort of I, mechanical problem. I, I forgot the part where uh, Jaffo was learning about how to fly said helicopter. Oh, yeah. And Roy Scheider comes and gets him and says, this ain't a night school. Come on, we got to go fly this thing. Yeah. <laughs> Stop learning how to pilot this incredibly dangerous military equipment. A fantastic demonstration of Roy's intuitive piloting abilities. I mean, you got to give credit to the guy. Sure, he has flashbacks, but he's got a lot of experience. They show early on that he's seeing things from the air, that Jaffo needs the uh, binoculars to see so by this point, uh, Frank has already gone back and found the napkin in the trees because he was playing Frank Murphy helicopter detective. Well, you know, there was something that was just not right about... Something um, fishy. Yeah. And um, he knew it wasn't a rape because, you know, rapists there, there don't was, travel in packs. There or, was no rape even though we showed up 10 minutes after we were supposed yeah. to because we were leering at a nude and, woman. And when they arrive on the scene, she's on the ground grabbing her stomach and um, you know, basically looking like she'd just been assaulted somehow, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you know? So to just simply say that flying up <laughs> from a helicopter, there was no rape. How? how what? Yeah, what how, are you talking about? <sighs> Well, rapists don't travel in pairs or something, apparently, was his justification. So, so, all right, they do a bunch of fucked up shit in Blue Thunder, Mm -hmm. and they decide to follow Malcolm McDowell, because he, much like Frank, just goes tearing ass out of this underground fucking parking structure. Mm -hmm. So they follow him to a federal building. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To right. record okay. them. And All right. Now this is the first time that he steals a helicopter. Remember, because yes. he was what ordered happens to come is, back to to a quote unquote base. Right. So as they're coming back to base, they go, "Wait a minute! That dirty British man is in that Corvette going somewhere." And Roy He's in Scheider, a real hurry. Yeah, Roy Scheider goes, "Let's follow that clear criminal and see what he is doing with his evil." nefarious ways okay we forgot to mention also malcolm mcdowell is a ranking member of the military he's a colonel or something, <laughs> yes he's right? a colonel in the military <laughs> so <laughs> so that we're following so, the logic so we have a military this, officer who is being followed by disgraced lapd helicopter pilot frank who is Murphy. officially refusing to return the blue thunder to base and pretending that he's having a problem with his radio scramble and can't communicate uh-huh so uh buying them time to follow uh that nasty british man to a meeting 
with in the loudest way possible. They don't turn on the quiet yeah. rotors. Blue Thunder has the ability to go to silent mode, and they don't use it until they're alongside the building and looking to spy on the conversation inside. Then they go, oh, we should probably be quiet. Okay, turn on the silent mode. It's incredible. Malcolm McDowell, an experienced helicopter pilot, again, thank you, pointing this out, should at least recognize the sound of a helicopter that's only flying maybe, <laughs> what, 300 feet over him? Because yes. they're still halfway all in between the town. buildings. Yeah, all around <laughs> visibly. Like, they're not even, they're not even 1,500 feet in the air, you know, visibly away from buildings. Hard to see unless you're looking for it, you know, that kind of thing. No, they are like, like right on the rooftops yeah. of the buildings going through. Looks again, cool as hell, though, man. Flying an armed military helicopter all over town where every civilian in Los Angeles could look up and go, what the fuck is that? Exactly. All practical effects, no CGI. They genuinely flew those helicopters through there, and we have to pretend there was nobody watching. <laughs> it's awesome, dude. So One of the greatest things it's, ever. It's established earlier in the film that <laughs> the they can take video and audio from it in incredible ways away. Yes. Uh-huh. Like 5,000 feet or something yeah, like that? Yes, something like that. It was yeah. an outrageous amount. Yeah. Uh-huh. So to capture grainy uh, heat vision video and audio, yeah. they are flying the helicopter directly outside of the window. Where this meeting is taking place. <laughs> Again, Roy Scheider, an experienced, an experienced Vietnam pilot, taking his, uh, his direct approach as he was trained to do by the military. Not necessarily familiar with the new equipment and its capabilities. And, uh, you know, uh, perhaps probably could have been further away from the building but dude the shot as malcolm opens the drapes and they've got him in his thermal looking at the drapes and then they <laughs> cut and then it's him and he's literally got this look of shock on his face and then they cut and there's blue thunder right there staring right and both of them are staring right back at him like hi <laughs> and then it peels out of there Oh my God! Cinematic he, poetry. He dude. even says like, it "Oh is. shit, we better get out of here." <laughs> it's like in fucking Roadhouse when you can like look across the pond and there's the bad guy. They're just like staring the yeah. bad guy in the face, like, "Oh, yeah. we better go." <laughs> it's ludicrous, Brad. Oh man, cinematic poetry, Chris. That's what it is. You can't. I mean, that is how you time a surprise revelation. So, the bad guy now knows. Okay. That, so know. after stealing this helicopter, <laughs> right? Okay. There is still no armed presence to where they land the helicopter back in there, and they're just like, "Ah, oh, darn you guys for taking it." Well, then he gets officially and, grounded. They both uh, are well, officially grounded he forgets again. his cufflinks, and he grabs the tape. Yeah. The tape becomes very important. S yeah. You know the mechanics know he's lying about the cufflinks. Okay, fine. But when he leaves, he doesn't close it no. back up. It's just like, hey, yes, I stole something from here. See, <laughs> yep. I stole this exact cassette, the thing that I shouldn't steal. Here, here's the proof yeah. I stole it. The guys working on it know my name. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> so I'm going to steal this tape out of this military helicopter. And, of course, he's given up immediately. So they're like, oh, well, we got to kill this guy. Uh-huh. You know? And so he dies brutally getting run down by the skinny man from Unforgiven. 
<laughs> However, Mr. Skinny, he has left a message for Frank from beyond the grave. <laughs> now, dude, again, this is okay. the stupidest ass part of this movie. Okay, they say, they say, this entire sequence is out of its goddamn mind. Roy says, hey, are we being recorded in here? And Jaffo's like, well, yeah, but I can, well, yeah. And Roy says, can you shut it off? And he goes, yeah, I can do that. And then they show him pull a fuse. Yeah, he and he says, I have to take the fuse out. He literally says that, right? Okay, good. Fuse, done. Later, we see Roy's got a fuse uh-huh. that he plugs into the thing. And then suddenly a message starts playing like it's a tape deck. When... Hey, boss, it's Lyman Good. Just wanted you to know we're... Looks like we're playing cops and robbers for real, huh? <laughs> we, we forgot a very intricate detail of Lyman Good's death. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Which is when he arrives back home after stealing a military helicopter, he's got a bag of groceries. Yeah. <laughs> Meaning that he just, like, shrugged this off as another kooky escapade in the Astro Division. Well, when he goes into his house, he sees a guy... Uh-huh. The guy confronts him who's sitting across the room in a chair. Lyman Good is still at the door to leave. Uh-huh. And he just goes, hey! <laughs> and then the guy gets up and tackles him. <laughs> it's like, Lyman Good, run, the, run out of there. Yeah, man, you were just part of like an, uh, a military like operation that went, you went rogue on. And then in the message that but he leaves he... from beyond the grave, he even says, I think, you know, I don't want to keep the tape in my apartment because uh, I think it wouldn't be safe there. So I'm going to hide it in this dumpster in an old movie theater that doesn't exist anymore, by the way. Yeah. Victory in Riverside, there's no drive-in there anymore. Yeah, there's an old drive-in that I like. I threw the tape in one of the dumpsters. That I don't think they take the trash out till Monday. Yeah, So uh-huh. hopefully you hear this in time, because if not... Doesn't mention that he put a tape, put the tape in a brown <laughs> envelope yes. that's not labeled with anything or anything like that, so how you're supposed to know that this is in the trash. So anyway, so, so that happens. So a man approaches Frank Murphy while he's sitting inside of Blue Thunder and says, hey, you're not allowed in there. Mm-hmm. You know, great security around this and, prototype weapon. And Roy pulls his pistol, Uh huh. aims it at the guy. So, okay, this guy, he may be a mechanic, but he's still the police yeah. officer. Uh-huh. And says, you talking to me, asshole? Like he's, uh, what's his name in Taxi Driver? Oh, right? uh, Travis Bickle. Yeah. yeah, you talking to me, asshole? And the guy's like, ah, ah and runs away naturally, as you would, to alert people that there's a madman who's <laughs> yeah. in the Blue Thunder helicopter. A crazed 60-year-old man who's Waving already pre- a gun around. Who's already previously <laughs> stolen said helicopter. Is and back is to steal it again. Currently grounded. Ah! Shouldn't even be on the premises anywhere. No, he should have been stopped right as he walked into that building. <laughs> but, you know, so he's he's a flawed hero. The security sure. guard at the door should have had a clipboard with his face on it. <laughs> I'm like, hey, man, the fuck do you think you're doing yeah, here? Yeah, no entry. <laughs> if you see this guy, call the police immediately. Let everyone know, you know. 
Yeah. So, okay. So he steals the chopper, but he's got good intentions because he's going to use the chopper to uh, draw attention away from his girlfriend. He's going to alert the news first. Well, he's alerting the news, yes, but he's, um, he's making a distraction so his girlfriend can go and get the tape from the dumpster from the movie theater. But what I'm saying is very funny is that he calls the news first mm-hmm. and then calls his girlfriend to go retrieve the tape for him. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. He yeah. calls the news very officially and says, it's Frank Murphy, Detective Frank Murphy, Astro Division. And they're like... So you're yeah, this like is that's Frank supposed- Astro. Like, who the fuck are what, who well, are you? What do you want? You are gotta, these reporters here? Tell them I got a package coming. Yeah, and the guy on the phone's just like, you know sure, what man. I'm saying? It's like, I got- sure, man. <laughs> yeah, it's like not even the movie. Even the movie is just like, yeah, nobody knows who the fuck this dude is. Well, I love that about it because it throws in the question of, well, this guy. Sounds like a nut job and probably just take the information and throw it away, right? Yeah, that, so, that is a crank call. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what you would think. And it's kind of the way the producer responds. So there's almost this question of, is this plan even going to work? You know, so it's a desperate and, last minute attempt. And then he calls his girlfriend and tells her, I need you to get in your car yeah. and go get this for me. I've yeah. just stolen a military helicopter. Well, I think And he, I can't be bothered to land it, get out, find the tape, and then take it to where it needs to go. I think he left the wrinkle of him stealing the helicopter out of the conversation. <laughs> and I think he did that for her protection. Well, yeah. So However <laughs> So off she goes to the movie theater and is instantly, you know, cop are starting to arrive well she she breaks through the gate which she probably shouldn't have done to get into the theater yeah because right after she breaks through the gate the employee shows up and is like what are, what are you doing I, he's I got like two bags of trash like he was clearly doing something yeah exactly if she only waited another 15 seconds but no she goes ramming ass right through that breaks down the gate swerves crazily until she finds the two dumpsters and then has to climb into the dumpsters which frank is delighted by (laughs) yes uh uh-huh because he's caught up to her in the helicopter and he's he's flying low enough to scatter all of the trash yeah he's just blowing dirt and trash into her face (laughs) while she's doing him a favor and he's pointing at her like no get in there and do it what why, why why are you having a problem with this Right? I know I'm in this enormous gunship right now. <laughs> but never mind that. Hop in that dumpster and find this. Yeah. You hop in that dumpster and find this somewhere. tape that may or may not be there. And I mean, I never would have found <laughs> this manila folder that's no. just got a, a tear off the top of it. And the tape is inside this thing amongst all the trash that's in that damn thing. So she finds it. She holds it up. And she holds it up right as the police are arriving. So now now it's a chase to get out of the drive-thru. It's a bitchin' car chase. Yeah, because they're... It fucking rules. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty well done. She goes down a one-way street, uh, which she shouldn't, but she does. <laughs> For the second time. <laughs> For the second time. This time, at least not with her child in the front seat. Well, yeah. No child endangerment her, while the cops are chasing you. Her unbuckled child in the front seat while Frank sat in the back. <laughs> yeah that's a good mom you know 
devoted she to... Is, at the end of this, she is never seeing her son again. <laughs> oh, well, you know, these are consequences Anyhow, that we're right. not supposed to consider with the movie. We're just yeah, supposed we'll get, to recognize we'll how loyal she is. You know, helping her, her flawed hero get things done. Recognizing without questioning that this tape must be important somehow because it's got to get to the news station. So she's in her car racing to the news station and Roy's kind of backing her up with his helicopter. With, with blue thunder. And, you know, he's doing things like shooting squad cars in half. <laughs> yep. You know. <laughs> he sure does. <laughs> and you're like, um, this the property is damage is... shot down two police helicopters. <laughs> yeah, the prop. Yeah, one of them being his friend. Yes. He turns around, clips the nose off the front of it, and shoots he it again. He engages his friends in gunfire and crashes their helicopters over the Los Angeles skyline. Yes, well, you know, the, the more important thing was to make sure that the tape made it to the TV station and that he, as pilot of Blue Thunder, made sure that the, the bad government people who wanted to use it as a prototype for crowd control. Yeah, for the upcoming Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> There's I some mean, added subplot that we didn't need. It sounds silly when you say it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sounds silly when Blue Thunder says it, too. In the context of the movie, I nope. can... I can <laughs> Incorrect to whatever you were about to say. I reject your argument. Okay. So, so, um, so we're, we're just talking about theore- theories now. So, okay. But so, let's say that helicopter chase mm-hmm. is fucking rad. Oh, Beautiful. Again, through the L.A. River. They got two professional pilots to swing these helicopters under bridges, through different arched bridges along the L.A. Riverbed, through Hollywood, downtown Hollywood, I remind you. Two helicopters, bright as day, daylight, flying down Hollywood Boulevard. They had to pay so so much money in permits and all of that stuff. It and it looks beautiful. It looks beautiful. Yeah, I love it. And when he crashes two more helicopters, it they fucking crash helicopters. It's rad. Yeah, one of them looks real fucking brutal too. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I mean, much respect to these stunt teams. Yes, you know, unbelievable the stunt work that's that's in this movie. So I think that's one of the reasons why it made such an impression and um, that it did when it first came out. Yeah, because uh, she, for some reason, pulls over for the police on a bridge. And when the police get out, they're pointing guns at her and then ask for her license and registration after a high-speed chase. Yeah. But up over the bridge. He goes up to her and he says, uh, um, the, oh man, what does he say? The den mother look isn't going to cut it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or something like that, right? And she's like, oh, geez, well... And then he's like, license... Let's go easy on this. License and registration. And then she's like, oh, I don't have that. So you've been doing all of this mad, crazy shit. You don't even have an ID on you. No. You're going to jail. You're, you're straight up... Go- so he's, he's like, all right, get out of the car. Get out of the car. And then we have the beauty trailer shot of Blue Thunder rising up oh, from man. the side of the bridge. Rising like a phoenix from the ashes. And I'm surprised that he didn't use the uh, loudspeakers like he did when they were recording the sex act. Yeah. 
to to yell at them, hey, leave the woman alone. Leave her alone. Let her go. I'm Frank Murphy. <laughs> Official Astro ring, Division. That ring, name ring a bell to you? Put down your guns, boys, or I'll <laughs> sever your cars in half with my 50 caliber Yeah, uh, so she rotating. jumps back in her car, tears ass off. The cops jump back in the car, and yes, uh -huh. he... uh blows up the back half of their police cruiser. Yep, uh-huh. Well, you with know... With his eyeball-triggered <laughs> fucking 50-caliber guns. They shouldn't have messed with his girlfriend, dude. Yeah. All She's got to get that tape. Yep. To gotta the get news. To, yep, and then... Oh, uh, so two F-15 fighter jets come in with missiles mounted, and uh, they take pot shots at Frank and his helicopter, and... The first one, uh, he uses... Somehow he knows a missile is flying at him. Still don't know how he knew a missile was incoming. But he, he rests his helicopter next to a smokestack on some kind of a... Uh, like a Chinese a, restaurant burrito joint weird uh, The something. barbecue place. The barbecue place. Yeah, it's this giant fucking, like... Asian barbecue place that yeah. looks good as hell. Yeah. Well, it gets completely leveled, so there was nothing, you know. Okay. We'll never so, know how good it was. He basically parks the helicopter in the air. Like, he's yeah. just treading in one spot. Yeah. While a missile is fired from a military F-16, because in uh, every respect... He is a terrorist who has shot down two police helicopters and a police car in half. And there are, you know, there's the FBI agent and there's the other government guy. I forget what his position was. Mm -hmm. But both of them are basically saying, no, you're cleared. Take the shot. Uh -huh. Go ahead and knock that helicopter out of the sky. So, Frank, somehow this smokestack... Uh, the heat from the smokestack confuses the missile. Yes. And he flies away as this missile comes in, hits the mo the smokestack, but levels the entire building. <laughs> as chickens rain from the chickens sky. Chickens rain from the sky. <laughs> That's right. It's oh amazing. It's gorgeous. It's lovely. And the two workers that we saw working, setting up the scene, they heard the helicopter and, and the weirdness and ran out of the Got restaurant. Got the fuck out of there. So we know the only two people who could have possibly been in that building were not in the building. So nobody died. Nope. Nobody died that we saw on TV, on on camera, so it didn't happen. So his girlfriend gets the tape to uh, the reporter. Was it Alf Hewitt? <laughs> Alf Hewitt. Well, shall we gloss over the F-16 going into the other building? Uh, okay. Did that happen? I, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but yes. So, <laughs> Frank is baiting the, uh, the, F the F-16s again by hovering right next to a... Uh, a building. A building. There's like... At least like a 20-story There's 20 a story of building. like three, three buildings and he's in between. Yes. Them. Yeah. So they fire a missile at him. So he's cleared to take the shot again, Cookie. Mm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they keep calling him. They don't call him Cookie, the guy who no. actually pulls the trigger. Yeah, the, the fighter he's pilot has a pen else Cookie. Yeah, he has a pension for calling people Cookie. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. <laughs> sure. Yeah. 
So he takes a pot shot, and Frank just casually... Yeah, he gently moves out of the way. Oh, is the missile incoming now? Allow me to just... And then the missile goes right into the middle of this executive office building. Yeah. Remind you, it's the middle of the day. It looks like 9-11 footage. Yeah, yeah, because it literally blows through one side of the building and then they've got the building in a three-quarter shot and you can see two floors up more flame yes <laughs> as this missile must have taken out two floors of this whole building because it was just hit with a heat-seeking missile fired by the government at <laughs> urban terrorist frank murphy who's on a mission to expose <laughs> an evil government plot i'm remind you <laughs> that the greater good is at stake here chris so so his girlfriend gets to the uh unknown civilians die gets at, to the news outlet and she arrives at the news station with the tape yes and says i need to speak to this reporter elf hewitt yeah to where one of the fbi guys gets up and tries to convince her to give him yeah. the tape saying that he is the producer of the show mm-hmm the uh reporter arrives and says i've never seen this man before in my life <gasps> The FBI agent pulls a gun. Dun, dun, dun. Says, right. Give me that tape, lady. Yep. And then... He, in a septuagenarian <laughs> security guard... Yeah. ...batons a federal agent in the back of the neck. Yeah. The reporter guy goes, get this guy off me, Frank, or something yes. like that. And Frank just hits this guy in the neck. After... <laughs> After he has identified himself as FBI. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Federal agent. This man has just assaulted an officer. Yeah. Straight pistol whipped him in the neck, knocks him out, and uh, the reporter runs up like, um, this is a TV station. You'll be safe here. Yep. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. So Frank is still flying around. Um, it, okay. Fighting Malcolm McDowell now. And so it's it's the badass flying around stuff, right? Uh-huh. When Malcolm McDowell first introduces himself, he sneaks up on Frank, hits him broadside, right? Yes. Cracks the cockpit window, and Frank gets around from a fifty caliber gun <laughs> in his Into shoulder him? <laughs> somewhere. Just, he gets shot. Yeah, we see a blood splat. Yep. So we're several times shown that broken part of the window with blood spatter on it. Yes. Uh-huh. So so best case scenario is the bullet actually missed him and it was just a piece of broken glass that went into some non-vital area. Because otherwise he wouldn't have a torso left. And, and he would be bleeding out through all of these maneuvers as gravity did its work just making him squirt in different places <laughs> as his military helicopter would have gone <laughs> crashing toward the earth much like the two f-16s two helicopters right and police car that he well had shot. the one f-16 that he shot down the one f-16 that oh that's he right shot because down. the uh and the, the other guy was called off because there was too much property damage that's right because the pilot ejects and Frank makes sure that he lands safely. Yes. We watched the, the pilot who ejected parachute to the ground. So really, there's no need to worry about where that plane actually flew into several blocks of a residential area, I am sure. It's nothing we need to worry about. Nah. No. No. The more important thing is that we get to the duel between Malcolm McDowell and Frank Murphy. 
So we get to the duel. And Frank, fucking helicopter fight. <laughs> oh, it's awesome, dude. It's awesome. Now Frank is shot and he's done all of his flying around that he can do. Uh-huh. And uh, then he does the impossible. Well, he, yeah. The 360. He does it, man. The loop-de-loop. The thing that should be aerodynamically impossible, according to that thieving, filthy British person. He is such an incredible helicopter pilot that he can pull back on those controls better than anyone alive. (laughs) Man. (laughs) I actually saw somewhere in my youth... This movie's stupid. (laughs) Now, now, Chris... (laughs) Now, come on. We're talking about a top-of-the-line military helicopter with all sorts of equipment and things and special science and engineering. Oh, so well, we forgot it to might mention be possible. that Malcolm McDowell shot his uh, rotating gun, so now Frank has to uh, manually fire it directly ahead of him. Exactly. So, Which is why he needs to do the loop, because he can't just move his gun around. Because remember, he tried by shooting at Malcolm McDowell, but instead blew out about three floors of that <laughs> in, civilian in, building. Instead <laughs> fired wildly just into an apartment building. I mean... A few times. So some mistakes were made. And probably several civilians died. Oh, surely. yeah. <laughs> but again, the there great... was a new mother breastfeeding her baby in that <laughs> building that was blown away with a 50 caliber round by rogue police officer Frank Murphy. Let's not lose sight of the greater good here, Chris, which is that we're going to expose a federal uh, crime of plotting. Crowd control. Of Plotting to uh, get, I don't know, government funding for the program. Is that really what they were the main gist of it? I'm not sure what the crime actually is. And here's the thing that's kind of funny at the beginning. They mentioned that it can be used for crowd controls yeah. or armed insurrections. Yeah. Well, it would be useful. <laughs> so this giant plot is that the military is coming up to something that coming up with something that may be useful if there is an armed military coup. Yeah, some sort of an insurrection Those that they would bastards. have to worry about. Yeah. And then anyway, Frank rightly points out, imagine if they had 10 of these things. Right? Sure. That would be so awful for our country. But I'm going to go use it in the most nefarious ways possible. (laughs) I'm going to exploit this to spy on women. Yeah. So, Uh all right. So he does the 360 loop. (laughs) I'm going to steal this twice because no one else should have it. He stole it twice. (laughs) (laughs) So he does the loop de loop. And Malcolm McDowell can't believe his eyes. That is impossible. And he is immediately just blown out of the sky. Because he decided to hover. And stare. In awe. Yeah. Uh-huh. He couldn't think any further than how impossible what he just saw was. So he died. <laughs> yes. He was shot and died and blew up immediately. So this military helicopter with the fifty caliber gun mounted apparently had no armor on it. Or the armor was... Uh, Insufficient to uh, Blue, Blue Thunder's bad firepower. <laughs> So he blows the helicopter up within like three shots, and it, it's gorgeous. And and we see the lovely yeah, it fucking uh, rules the debris crash, you know. And we know that the bad guy had 
his rightful end because how dare he try to stop a domestic terrorist who's stolen a federal <laughs> military a test vehicle helicopter. a prototype right and then finally it runs out of gas because you would think after the many times it had been stolen in the short period in which it had been grounded it probably hadn't been refueled the absolute lack of security <laughs> around this very dangerous heli- prototype helicopter <laughs> So it, it but it need not go on. So the valiant Frank Murphy yes decides to give up his new toy because if he can't have it then no one should. And it's not like they can't rebuild the prototype with the plans that they had, but he's going to take this prototype and make sure it gets destroyed. So And how does he decide to go about that, bro? He lands it as, in front of a freight train. As one final act of domestic terrorism. <laughs> He derails a full freight train. Yes. Yeah. Uh huh. The poor conductor probably surely died. Uh, and we don't know anyone on that train died instantly. Well, they made sure that the explosion was spectacular. So it was a massive fireball that ate up like three train cars. So yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, Blue Thunder was was destroyed, and Frank with his Casio watch. Yep, he d- timed it perfectly. Yeah, he stayed calm through it all. Walked away and, like and, a hero. And luckily, his story was corroborated by grainy fucking heat vision. Thermal vision, where Thermal. you don't know who is saying what. Who are these people? What? No. Easily deniable in any courtroom, no matter yeah. what. And, and audio of people that are now deceased due to his actions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now that he's blown up all of this stuff. And there's the girlfriend saying, wait, why are you putting the cuffs on me, officer? No, I want to see my child. Oh, but you mean it's wrong to (laughs) run away from police and interfere with a federal investigation? Uh, What? To aid my boyfriend who has (laughs) stolen a military helicopter and caused havoc all over Los Angeles. Millions of dollars in property damage and probably hundreds of lives affected by this massive act of terrorism a man who literally in the space of half hour 45 minutes was grounded twice yes for his activities for his disturbing behavior yes. uh-huh. on the job of being uh-huh. a police you're officer. an embarrassment frank <laughs> if i stand up and you see i don't have any ass left you know why it was chewed off by the old man upstairs. We're going to do this cop thing. I talk, you listen. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> Me, Captain, you cop. I talk, you listen. <laughs> that guy had so many great little one-liners. We got hot mincemeat pie up both armpits. <laughs> what? <laughs> what the? What? What does that even mean? <laughs> Apparently it means trouble. <laughs> this movie's incredible. <laughs> I mean, do you, do, would you in a million years have given all the time in the world, do you have the sort of brain that would have written Blue Thunder? Well, there's like four different storylines that are going on and none of it makes any goddamn sense. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the thing about... The helicopter itself is, um, like I was joking about before, is it is like 
showing off new technology and at this particular time uh, you're also dealing with um, you know there's uh, a certain amount of implied patriotism that goes into the idea that you know our scientists and engineers could come up with this technological marvel and the implied moral question of okay well now what are you going to do with it Mm -hmm. right so from that aspect of building the script i don't think i would start by having my hero go hang out at 10 30 to watch somebody do <laughs> naked yoga no you know but it that was the not... 80s and all you wanted to see was some tits you know? but at no point should that have endeared us to our main character and in fact it doesn't because he's reprimanded it for his behavior immediately, immediately. <laughs> as he should have been completely but so and so the other essentially no it, consequences because okay we also it's, did oh, not man. reveal. Here's another aspect of the cool helicopter fight at the end with Malcolm McDowell is during that helicopter fight, Frank Murphy has another Vietnam flashback. And at that flashback, it's revealed that Malcolm McDowell was the evil British guy who threw that poor Vietnam, Viet Cong, whatever person, individual out of the helicopter, threw him out to die. Uh, from the height in the jungle and that that is what traumatized frank murphy and that was why this british guy tried to get him court-martialed so that this this war crime all swept would under not, the rug yeah exactly so um so that's why he doesn't like this guy there's that sort of conflict with it um from that respect that's something to build from but uh other than that, I mean, the whole morality thing and having him grounded and things like that, I'm not sure that that's where I would have the conflict. I'd probably and, focus more on the technology. And this is one of those movies that, like, we've kind of talked about it before. I don't remember if it was on this show or the other one. But, like, man, did nobody read this before they decided to shoot it? Oh, well, yeah, but <laughs> like, see... I mean, dude, that was the beauty of the 80s, because the director was John Badham, right? Who yeah. had this sort of track record of making a certain type of movie that would make a certain amount of money back, right? So, at that time, the heavy corporate ownership wasn't fully in play. So, you could make bad decisions like, let's have our heroes do this thing, because from... A certain perspective all you're doing is you're counting the amount of nude scenes that are in the movie how many explosions are in the movie because you're trying to meet the demands of a certain market right so as long as you meet those things like when you have chuck norris just attack this woman and strip her yeah and throw her in the bed it's like man <laughs> holy crap nobody should do that right But at that time when they did it, they're just counting, okay, this happens, this happens, that's fine, demands are met, movie will sell, Uh right? So that's kind of, you know, the cynicism behind uh, the the writing and why it would be greenlit as opposed to somebody nowadays quite rightly saying, you know what, this is some pretty pervy shit, and these are supposed to be our heroes? No, 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 we can't do this, you know? Let's see if we can do a scene where we have the bad guy later maybe fly out with them and he's piloting Blue Thunder and like Roy's in the back seat or one of them's in the back seat, right? And um, 
and then the bad guy does this this pervy spy thing and they can now have an opportunity to to play the moral high ground right and i mean that would work and I, to be fair no. I, at the time that this was released though i mean bond had been doing it for years well i mean just having this horrible dude and then some it, well as you pointed out a particularly str- well, with what, roger moore well, i mean what I'm roger moore is, is that if you look at a lot disgusting. of bond films the struggle that arises the the bad guy is trying to achieve isn't really an issue like in the man with the golden gun when christopher lee's just got like this perpetual motion machine or whatever mm. he's just like i don't even know how it works mm. <laughs> It's like, oh, yeah, he's just trying to give everybody free energy. Like, the conflict isn't a real conflict in this movie. Well, now, it's a created conflict, and it's ridiculous. But in The Man with the Golden Gun, isn't he firing a laser from his island that can, like, destroy cities or something? Yeah, it's still a Bond movie. (laughs) So, okay, so I would say that's that's your implied threat right there. Or is that Moonraker? Well, Moonraker is the satellite <laughs> right, that can yeah, fire down. We don't need to get into Bond Earth. movies. Yes. Uh huh. Well, I will also say that there is a distinct difference. Like Sean Connery got out uh, at a decent time, where he was like, "I'm getting too old for this shit. I'm not doing this anymore." Roger Moore stayed in it till he was sixty, and seeing a sixty-year-old man get pervy on a twenty-year-old girl, or anything yeah. like that, you're like, "Okay, no, no." In the first ten minutes of a View to a Kill, he's like. Oh, it's about uh, five days till we get to Alaska, and just like wraps his arms around this woman, yeah. insinuating like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna just fuck you for five days straight." Oh, and you're like, five Ugh. days, <laughs> you on top of me? What a joy, you skeletal old bag <laughs> yeah. of sticks. Yeah, we were talking about this earlier. That like Roger Moore in that movie looks like a mummy. Plus, I don't know why he waited till the last movie to get that disgusting mole taken off his face. Oh my God, dude. They made a big deal out of it in A View to a Kill. Oh, look, the mole is gone. And I was like, you should have done that on before you did Live and Let Die, you idiot. Well, anyway. Well, and since we're on Bond, who gives a shit? Um, <laughs> is it Man with the Golden Gun where they walk in and they're just like, we can't send Bond, he's a fuck-up alcoholic. And like they just call it out to his face that he's a bumbling idiot. Could well be because that's also the one where they discuss uh, him with uh, the Beretta versus the nine millimeter as well. It's another time that they bring up, look, this gun that you're using, uh, you're taking the Walther. You know, yeah. don't you're not taking this <laughs> other gun. So yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, those classic Bond movies would get into these kinds of conversations and discuss the whys of the equipment. You know, right. things like that, which I thought were interesting. I mean, Roger Moore, literally by the end of his uh, run, they were just making dumb jokes and doing mm-hmm. ridiculous stunts. It was... Anyway, so... So, uh, Frank Murphy is going has to Blue prison. Thunder. No, no. <laughs> he has Blue Thunder destroyed by a train. We know from the news report that this explosive information on this kind of, you know, hard to understand with a, video With a tape. voiceover that literally says, but that's not the end of the story. But no. <laughs> and then they... they like, uh, what is this fucking Disney ending shit? <laughs> well, what's great is they say, and now the weather. Yeah, oh, yeah. And yeah, off yeah, they yeah. go. 
discussing whatever else like a regular news blurb as Frank walks and does the hero walk while the fire's happening behind him, then they still frame on him and they do a... a, like a blue filter. Yeah, a blue filter. So, And then they put blue thunder and the music comes up. Man, what a score. Yeah, that 80s synth Man. stuff. Dude, it was moody. With, with the menacing drums. Thump, thump. Thump, thump. Thump, thump. Man. Let me tell you, man, the 80s had it. They understood. So, right. <laughs> Brad. So that's the movie. I'm delighted that... For real, though, Brad? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Blue Thunder, yay or nay. I'm never watching this movie again. <laughs> well, <clears throat> like I say, I still like, love it for the practical effects that are in it, for the stunts that are in it. Um... But I do have to say that through these older cynical eyes, I can understand how some people might be offended by some of the material within the movie itself. Well, and it's not that it's completely batshit insane, because I love tons of movies that are just out of Mm -hmm. their fucking minds. He's a flawed hero, Chris. Yeah, man, it's a lot more than that. Relationships were tough back then, and times really haven't changed that much as much as movies would. What in the hell are you talking about? (laughs) God damn it. Him and his girlfriend, and this this boy who, who knows if it's Roy's son, or she's had this child with another man, and Roy's just like the second... Frank Murphy is going to be hanged at the Hague. Well, for, I wouldn't go that for far. For his involvement in a massive terrorism scandal. I don't think he would be hanged, but I do think he would probably be put in, you know, probably the lower floors of some basement somewhere. He and is going to Fort Leavenworth prison. Not talk about ever again publicly, really, other than like... An- another crazed veteran. Yeah. Too bad we lost that Brit guy. He was a good pilot. Yeah. <laughs> Too again, bad Frank lost his shit again. with this loop-de-loop thing. Yeah. Frank shot an active military <laughs> colonel out of the sky because well, he, now- he had a hunch. <laughs> okay. I was going to say this earlier, and I uh, forgot somehow. Don't know why. But uh, the loop-de-loop thing that he does, I remember... As a uh, uh, young man watching after Blue Thunder, of course, probably about three, four, six months, something like that, there was a television show that uh, examined this loop-de-loop thing and was like, could this possibly actually be done in some way, right? Because it sure looks like he does it on camera, and if you see it on camera, then it must be real, right? So how did he do it, right? That was the... No, it's the just, way the question was posed. It's very clearly just tricky photography. Well, like, now, Chris, so this television show was examining the question. It's really poorly shot. Is it aerodynamically anyway. possible? This is, I'm, I'm not talking about... All right, all right, man, go <laughs> The ahead. beloved Blue Thunder loop-de-loop. What I'm talking about is this show examining the question. And what this pilot said, which I thought was really interesting, was you wouldn't actually be able to do like a, a singular circle. Right? Right. But what you might be able to accomplish is something like a corkscrew. So that you could take the helicopter at an angle and then bring it around. But it would have to be an angle so that you weren't necessarily doing an actual 360 circle. Because if you like, turn a helicopter upside down, you will fall from the skies. Well, yeah. That's, that's the essence of it. Okay. But theoretically, would it be possible... 
And this guy did something like that on, on the TV show. So a corkscrew type thing is theoretically possible. I'm just throwing that out there as something that I saw that came up as a question because of Blue Thunder. And don't forget, it earned a TV series that had Dana Carvey. Sure, man. In a debut as Jaffo. Just another frustrating observer. He did some sort of weird alien thing like that when he said it. That's why I keep doing that. Someone will find it on YouTube, I'm sure. Sure. I know. We're not looking it up. That's it, guys. Dude, I have nothing else to say about Blue Thunder. Thanks for having me over. I can't believe we had this much to say about Blue Thunder. Well, man, I can't believe you never saw it before. So, you know, I can totally believe Thanks for having me over. Thanks for the conversation. Oh, um, what if we got to plug a Rooney? Do you have a calendar coming? Uh, well, yeah. At some point, theoretically. Soon. Okay, probably in another. Well, you'll let us know. Okay. Yeah. I've got YouTube channel, YouTube channel stuff happening, of course. Um, the before movies sucked thing is still going, and. Um, that's about it right now. So we'll see what happens after that. New year, new things happening. New year, new you. You want to do your Hill House plug or no. talk about that? No, no, not at all. Nothing not going on. I have no idea what that I'm talking about. I made up some strange words and s- s- put them together in a sentence. Okay, have a good night. Uh, yep. Thanks. <laughs> all right. If, uh, Blue Thunder. Woo! Roy Scheider rules. Sexual assault. <laughs> Woo! Domestic terrorism is good if you have a good cause. Sure. No, well, okay. Let's end on that. All nope, right. Well, that's good. <laughs>